0: All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest, around the United States, Canada, wherever you might be listening. This is a special edition of ITHSW Podcast. It is the Pandemic Playoff Podcast, live from Scottsdale, Arizona, Scott Strandy, live from Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein, and live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh, as we... uh, Count down the final six minutes and 32 seconds for the Vegas Golden Knights. Gentlemen, how are you? Paul, you first.
1: Uh, it's been a really, really busy couple of days. Uh, as uh, you know, that uh, I ended up with a new family member about 24 hours really earlier <laughs> than I expected. <laughs> uh, but welcome to the family, Bert. Yeah, my, my he's act my my new dog is actually literally at my feet. Ah, I love it.
0: Literally. Love uh, it.
1: Uh, he's definitely nervous about being in new surroundings. Uh, him and my older dog have uh, it's been kind of an odd sort of situation uh, where uh, he I get him outside and, and they almost ignore each other. Inside, there's another story. <laughs> I have no room so of course they're going to rough house in the house. You know, not outside where I have a giant yard. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> That's Murphy's Law. Stephen Marsh, how are you doing up in Vegas?
2: Just uh, sizzling like everybody else in Las Vegas. We're setting <laughs> setting record temperatures in in uh, southern Nevada here. I think we're over 100 attended in again today and will be for the next few days not not exactly the kind of records you want to be breaking but but yeah here we are in august and we're sizzling but uh, whatever I talk,
1: a... I'm gonna talk, listen i'm gonna tell tell you the same thing Stephen. <laughs> talk to me in december and january exactly exactly that yeah. flips, that's the flip side is when everybody's freezing and we're yeah. we're nice and warm so i
2: guess just we... remember that yeah,
0: <laughs> And and Stephen's lying to both of us because his eyes are glued on the TV. I know they are because uh, the Golden Knights are down 2-1. Oh, there's a game, going on, right there's go a game going on right now? There's a game going on
2: right now? Oh, I didn't know no idea.
0: <laughs> so anyway, folks, we're here to talk NHL playoff hockey for you. And uh, as we said in our special series, Welcome Back to Hockey 2020, This series, all NHL for the next nine Sundays, we're going to be breaking down the playoffs for you all the way through the Stanley Cup presentation and into the uh, NHL draft, which is really odd that it's going to be uh, the uh, second week of October. So stay with us, stay tuned, and uh, you know what? We got some prizes to give away too. I still got like eight M-Drive packs to give away uh, during our show, so we'll come up with some way to get rid of them, but... All right, Paul Hornstein, you're New York Islanders up 3-0 on Washington Capitals.
1: Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I did not expect this. Uh, they've gotten, uh, for the most part, great goaltending from Simeon Varlamov. Um, they've managed to keep the Capitals' power play in check, and which is crazy when you think about it because – it's not like the entire hockey world doesn't know what Washington's going to do on the power play, and Ovechkin still manages to score all those power play goals. In um, the first game, they were down two nothing, and and, and came back to win the game uh, four two. Uh, a game that uh, they were not really played; they were not good in in the in the first period, first thirty minutes of the game, maybe. Uh, dominated the third period, came back to win. Uh, They were definitely the better team in game two, even though the score was tied 2-2 at one point. Uh, Ovechkin with two goals in that game for the Capitals. Uh, This afternoon, the Islanders, uh, once again, the the better team, but Varlamov came up with a lot of big saves. Uh, They were in a situation where, uh, the Capitals got a couple of power plays, and they were kept off the board. Uh, the Islanders got power play goal from Andrews Lee, and an overtime goal from uh, Matthew Barzal. And uh, honestly, I, I if you'd have said to me that the Islanders could be ahead of the series after three games, two to one, uh, I, I would have said, okay, that's a realistic possibility. But I really never thought that they'd be up three-nothing, to be honest with you. Um yeah. Rumor it, has that the Islanders want to take a cup to that new building. That's what I'm hearing. Uh bring it on. Let's go. Uh, we won't use the exact phrase that, uh, Barry Trotz, uh, used last year when they, when he, uh, came to long Island, but, uh, had something to do with, you'll have to go through. And there's a, a word in there. We won't mention the Island. Uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, right now, uh, I, I, they they've been the much better team in that series, and it's 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 nice to be up three games to none, but four games to none is better. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um,
0: I would ask Stephen about the uh, Vegas Chicago game, but then because that series is is three nothing also and going on right now, I'm going to give him a break on that because I know he's got his eyes glued to it. But uh, Paul, tell us well, a let's... bit about tell us about Philadelphia
1: Montreal uh, one wow. one and they're playing right now. Wow i I, uh, I thought Montreal was the better team in Game One, even though the Flyers came out ahead. Uh, you know, Carrie, uh I mean, I'm sorry, Carter Hart made some great saves to keep the Flyers uh, ahead in that game. Uh, he's going up against his idol, Carey Price, and net on the other end of the, the rink. And I, I thought Montreal was the better team in Game One. Uh, in Game Two, uh, between Games One and Game Two, uh, the Canadians lost their coach for this series to Claude Julien. Uh, had a heart issue, and so he's he's out for the rest of this series. I, I don't know if it'll go on past that if the Canadians get past the Flyers, uh, but the Canadians were all over the Flyers the other night, winning that game five to nothing. But uh, the, the the it's probably the not probably it is the worst game the Flyers have played since coming back into this bubble. Uh, They were the hottest team in the NHL when the season got paused by the coronavirus and they came back in the round robin. Um, They won them. I I still think it's a completely different intensity level. And I think the players as much said that, uh, including the Boston Bruins. uh, But, um, you know, the Canadians were all over the Flyers in game two and, it wasn't even close. I haven't really had a chance to watch much of the uh, first period tonight. I, I think the score in that game was 1-1, if I'm not mistaken, or 1-0 Flyers. Uh, but um, th- I think they're only in the first period, or maybe now they're in the second period of that game. Okay, um, so
0: let, let's finish up the East, uh, Paul, while okay. we're, we're on a roll, and then we'll get to the West here because we got uh, Seth Askelson joining us at 6.15 to give us a few minutes on the uh, – the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes who are still alive, but uh, Boston,
1: Carolina, two one that um, series as well. Yeah, the Bruins are winning this year, and I, and, and I got to be honest with you, um, I, I I didn't. To me, this was a complete toss up this series, and and I don't know why the Bruins being up two games to one surprises me. Well, now you got I to look, I at, and, and –
2: and now you got Tuka Rask that opted out, so they're you know that they they seem to rally behind uh behind
1: the the other goalie. You yeah, but well, Halak. Uh, I I thought that was, and listen, nobody blames Tuka Rask for 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 going home, right? Uh, but you expect something like that to kind of throw a, a monkey in the wrench. And Bruins came out and took the third game of the series three to one, and 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 we're the better team in that game. Uh, They played that first game of two overtimes, and I was like, darn, I needed another couple more overtimes in that game. Uh, The (laughs) Hurricanes uh, win game two, uh, another tight game. Uh, And I'm not saying the Bruins shouldn't win the series or couldn't win it. It just – when I look at the scores, I'm like, it just doesn't seem right for some reason. But they're up two games to one, and uh, the next game is tomorrow night, and, you know, either Carolina gets even. Or the Bruins put a chokehold on it, you know.
0: Oh, what about what about that series between Tampa Bay and Columbus, Paul? Let's see uh, the oh, final one in the man. East. Isn't uh, that
1: something else? That is that is a crazy, crazy series. Uh, Tampa Bay wins that five overtime game, and I'll say it again: those people out there in Twitter land or whatever, you, whatever social media land that <laughs> thinks that. After one overtime, we should go to a shootout. No. Absolutely
3: not.
2: Mike Millberry suggested that. I couldn't believe that. I was like, is he crazy? And he has to call the CN Tower the Space Needle. And he called the CN Tower the Space Needle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, the the answer to your first question, Stephen, is he is crazy. And there is, first of all – when I see shootouts, whether it's the World Cup in soccer or the Olympics, and no, you know, I sort of get the early, you know, the non-elimination game, so to speak. But when, when, when you're no, 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 if I don't care if, if the world if a, if a World Cup soccer match goes one hundred and eighty minutes or two hundred and ten minutes, you play until somebody scores. Speaking of it's, somebody it's scoring, not home run derby. <laughs> speaking of somebody scoring,
0: ten point eight seconds left. Alex DeBrinkett just uh, got an empty netter to give the Chicago Blackhawks a three-one lead. So it appears that the Vegas Golden Knights will lose their first game since uh, coming to the bubble, and uh, perhaps Stephen will be right and they win it in five games, which would be uh, game five on Tuesday. Okay, so we got the and, and, Eastern
1: Conference pretty well covered. Oh, oh, oh what, what, you one got more. Got one more. One more. All right. All right. Uh, Yes, the Lightning are up two games to one, but you cannot give the Columbus Blue Jackets enough credit for coming back in game two and winning that game after losing in five overtimes. I mean, I honestly didn't think they'd have anything left, and they come out and win the game, and they kind of should have won game three. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, I think they were the better team that day, um, but the Lightning have much more firepower, and and they managed to win the game. Uh, game four is tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, actually, uh, breakfast time for you guys. Um, <laughs> and once again, uh, a huge game. Uh, the Blue Jackets have answered the bell every time, and do they win tomorrow? I don't know, but I expect them to answer the bell. Yeah, I would too. After
0: what I've seen uh, they uh well, a John Tortorella coach team is always going to answer the bell. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, we're going to jump over to the, uh, the Western conference side of things. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a, a couple minute break here. And then uh, hopefully we'll have Seth on with us and we can get a breakdown of the Arizona coyotes and, let Stephen take a minute to uh, catch his breath with Vegas and Chicago, and then we'll talk Calgary, Dallas, and Vancouver, St. Louis. We'll be right back on Pandemic Playoff Podcast on ithsw.com.
3: And they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the Rink and Sandals. Now you can show off your game and style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com.
4: Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck, during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com will bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year.
0: All right, we're back with the Pandemic Playoff Podcast. Nine straight Sundays, folks, all the way through the Stanley Cup presentation and the NHL draft will be with you. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Stephen Marsh tonight from Las Vegas, Nevada. And joining us now, our beat reporter for the Arizona Coyotes, Seth Askelson. Uh, to break down uh, where the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche stand, it's a 2-1 Avalanche lead right now going into a game tomorrow, a very pivotal pivotable, <laughs> pivotable game four. <laughs> and it'll be uh, – Seth, your thoughts on uh, how we got here and where we're going?
5: Yeah, Scott, um, I think the 2-1 Colorado lead is correct. For this series right now, who won which games may not be correct. Like obviously, game one, Colorado dominated. One game two, the Coyotes lose on a tough bounce out of the corner. Um, you know, puck thrown on net from Kadri and it bounces off a chicken skate right to Cod- or, or to Burkoski, excuse me. So, you know, bad bounce. Coyotes already played better that game but lost. And then yesterday, Darcy Kemper steals one. So I think two one is correct. I think that's where. Um, you know, that's where it deserves to be, but it also, um, it also is where, you know, it's sure the games might not match up, right. Maybe the Coyotes should have won game two and lost game three, but two, one is right. But the Coyotes definitely have a, a lot of work and, and a lot of different things to do.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Seth. It's, uh, it's been an exciting series. I think you see a little bit of the inexperience with the, um, with the Coyotes jumping out at you every now and then. I also, uh, and I don't know if I if I sent you a text on this earlier, but as I analyzed it, it looks like there's still a player or two um, short of being a Stanley Cup champion in my estimation. And the reason I say that is because um, they just don't look like they have that closer. Uh, you see some guys that you expect maybe are going to be there. I mean, Connor Garland's coming back a little bit. I was disappointed in Keller's play the other night even though they got the win. I just didn't think he was a, a difference maker like you would expect him to be. Uh, I'm, I would like to see Bear Hayton a little more, especially in a back-to-back situation, but I guess that's not in the cards, uh, if you will, for this season. So I, I think they're just a little undermanned right now, and, and I've said all along that I think Colorado and Vegas are the two best in the West, and it, it's an uphill battle for Arizona. I think we all knew that, but – they're hanging in there and that's all we can ask at this point it's playoff hockey a hot goaltender and hanging around can sometimes be the difference what do they have to do tomorrow Seth in your estimation to
5: tie this series up I mean obviously what they did in terms of the goal column yesterday is score more goals than Colorado and that's kind of like when you look at the win yesterday like that's kind of what they did right like you want to talk about a team that didn't play really well, particularly in its own end, and relied on its goaltender. And honestly, like, what do you say after that point? You just say they scored more, but it's not like they did anything better. I think they were a little panicked with the puck, which I mean is somewhat understandable. When you know you turn around and you got two white and maroon jerseys right on you, and it's it's hard, right? Like, I think we talked about this. A little bit, it's just the Coyotes don't have that speed up the middle. They don't have those centers to stay with a McKinnon, with a Cadre. And it, it can be tough because those forwards can get on you so fast. It's not Nashville where they have one top line where guys aren't even necessarily that fast. They're just really good position-wise and, and you know make really good decisions with the puck. It's not only do the Colorado forwards make good decisions with the puck, but they're faster. They're stronger. They're a lot. They see the ice a lot better. So, for the guy, I think, just don't panic. I think sometimes Colorado has, you know, when they're in forechecking. I know you don't want to turn the puck over to a guy like Nathan McKinnon, but you also don't want to just willy nilly throw it in the middle of the ice because they're puck movers on the back end. Kale McCarr, um, you know, Ian Cole, I think, has had a really good series. Um, and, I, you know, you can't allow those guys to get time to find those forwards because what happens, you know, you clear the puck to the neutral zone um, and it gets, you know, you turn the puck over in the neutral zone because you flipped it out. Well, now the Colorado forwards are just, you know, coming back to the blue line and then getting the pass and going right back in. So I think the Coyotes need to be a little more calmer with the puck. I understand it can be tough and you don't want to make that turnover, but. Uh, just settle the puck down and possess him more. That's really what it comes down to is in games one and three, the Coyotes barely had any possession. You know, again, I, do you say they feel lucky to win game three? Well, maybe they were unlucky to lose game two, so maybe that balances it out. But they have to have a lot better puck possession tomorrow.
2: Scott, can I add a couple of work sentences on that? You know, sure. I, I – I, I, I look at uh, you know my notes. I put Camper in all capital letters because he was he was the reason the 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 Coyotes won Game Three. Forty nine saves uh, tied a career high for him. Um, I mean we've talked about Camper. I mean and you guys cover the Coyotes more than I do, fall more than I do. But he is uh, he is the re- even in the first game of this series. I mean he was standing on his head, and then Colorado gets those three goals late in the third period in Game One. Um, so I mean the Coyotes are are match are and Kemper are are really giving the Coyotes a chance in, in a series that seems like it's a mismatch with speed and everything. But um, I think they got to get more pucks to the net. I mean, they're getting outshot heavily in these games. And I think that's a, what Seth was alluding to, getting more possession and putting the puck to the net. Um, and, and then, you know, yesterday they might have been advantage too that Colorado it was back-to-back games and they had the other goalie in, so that might have helped. But, um, but really it was weird because it was like – Today, you know, the Golden Knights played their best game and I know we'll get to that series in a minute, but it's like the Golden Knights probably played their best game in the series but lost. But because Corey Crawford played probably his best game ever. Well it's like Arizona didn't play their really their best game in that game and won. It's a weird game like that sometimes it happens. But um, you know, it's gonna be tough for the Coyotes to win this series, but if Kemper Kemper's gonna give you his best, so the other teams need to need to pressure Colorado more and, and try to contain that speed. It's tough to do, but if they can do it, they might have a chance to extend the series a little bit longer.
0: Seth, how, how long do you think uh, Darcy can keep this play up? I mean, he, he's been outstanding. We've seen him uh, b- before his injury and last year uh, the way he played. But h- how long can he keep this up? If, if the Coyotes were able to get by uh, Colorado, is there a point where they're going to have to go to Ronta just at least to, to break things up and give them a little bit of a break?
5: No, not at this point. This isn't the qualifying round anymore. I know the qualifying round was – Five games, and obviously, those games are a lot more important. You know, you lose game one and and you feel like you're way behind the eight ball a little bit, but I mean, it's the playoffs at this point, right? What I, I get it, you're doing back to backs, it's a little bit different, but what goalie who's won a Stanley Cup, if they're not hurt, hasn't played, right? Like, you never see a time, you know, I can't recall a Stanley Cup run where a team just, hey, we need to give our goalie a rest day. And I get it. Kemper's under a hard workload, but you know, it's, I don't think he's going to get a day off unless, you know, if they get past Colorado and then, uh, you know, if they get past Colorado and then, you know, match up what will mostly like be most likely be um, the Vegas gold Knights, even though they lost today. Um, you know what you're going to, you know, if you somehow get up to nothing on the golden Knights, are you not going to go, go for the, the throat punch? Right. Like, you're you're gonna sit the MV honestly the MVP of the playoffs at this point. I know there's been a lot of good performers, and I know the Colorado Arizona series has probably gotten the least amount of attention, but he's the MVP of the playoffs. So you're gonna you're gonna go away from the MVP of the playoffs when you're already up on two zero on arguably the best team in the league. Like I don't I don't see a point in which he sits unless he's hurt. Well,
1: I'm- and Seth they. There, there, there are. I, I can't imagine in the next round that they would have any back-to-backs. So there are no more back-to-back games. So it, it, they're they're on a quote-unquote normal every other day schedule. So uh, you know, unless a game goes six or seven overtimes, maybe, hopefully, possibly. Uh, <laughs> That's cheering from Long Island, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I I don't care what game goes six or seven overtimes. I'm in. Let's go. Uh, even
2: if that means it ends up two in the morning.
1: <laughs> well yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that two in the morning for you guys or two in the morning for so, me?
2: Two in the morning for you.
1: Only eleven oh. only ten or eleven for us. Or eleven oh, for us, two in the morning. Let's go, Steve. Two o'clock that's, <laughs> most of the most of these days have been ending about two o'clock anyway. With 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 quadruple headers and in some cases five and six games, depending on how the schedule breaks down. it you on. Know, let's go. Uh, the the school year here doesn't start for me until September 10th. Let's go. <laughs> well, you well, let's 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 break
5: records. Let's go. Let's do more. Uh-huh. This. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, um, and Seth, just just to, to kind of, it, it's been a weird series, though, right? Because I mean, it looked like Game One, the Coyote said, "Well, we'll just let Kemper stop stop everything, and maybe we'll get a lucky break to score." And it almost worked out that way, but that's what it looked like. And as you said, the Coyotes were definitely the better game, the better team in Game Two, but somehow didn't manage to come up with a win. And you know, and you know, today or yesterday, uh, sorry, uh, Kemper makes another fifty saves, and, and and they score four times. It's it is really, it's probably been the most oddball series of the of the eight.
5: Yeah, I would agree on that. I don't know. I think that Vancouver St. Louis series is a little weird just in the standpoint of St. Louis maybe looks like the most uninspired defending Stanley Cup champion I've ever seen. And I get it. It's a little bit different. Um, but, man, I I don't know if it's just Vancouver, you know, for a lot, you know, a guy like Bo Horvat, you know, one of the first times he's in the playoffs. And, you know, this team feels rejuvenized, you know, youthful team. JT Miller, I think, has some things that were not that, you know he got traded because he was a bad player underperforming, but just kind of showing like, hey, I'm worth the first round pick the Canucks felt I was worth. And, um, you know, Jacob Markstrom on a contract year, like you have a team that has a lot of youth and a lot to prove. And for St. Louis, kind of weird that, you know, they've kind of fallen asleep at times in this series. And um, I also think, I don't know, like, it's odd in terms of the play, but, like, you want to talk about storylines. Like, the Islanders jumping up 3-0 on the Capitals. Um, Tuka Rass leaving in the middle of a series. Rod Brindamore upset with officiating in game one. Svechnikov leaving with uh, an ugly leg, knee, ankle injury. At, yeah. You know, towards the end of game three. Like, I think in terms of maybe just the play on the ice, sure, a little, a tad weird. But like storyline wise, I mean that series is the Coyotes Avalanche series is probably going the exact way everybody had imagined, right? The Coyotes are probably gonna get one early. They're gonna it's gonna be two one at some point. Like I think they're exactly where they they think but I think again, like you said from the play, right? Yeah, Coyotes steal one yesterday, even though they probably should have gotten the one the day before. Like it's almost like the hockey gods balanced out this series and it's it's exactly (laughs) where it should be based on the play.
1: Yeah, I just, it is, it is, it's, it, that series has definitely been the weird one. Um, And if you talk about St. Louis and Vancouver, um, you know, he won them a cup last year, Jordan Bennington. He hasn't been anywhere close in these first two games to what he was last year in the playoffs. Uh, He's let in a couple of goals, and I'm saying, like, oh my Lord, that's, that's not good. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's know, tough that's, in the playoffs that's... you let in a couple of
0: goals yeah. right now okay so so seth before we let you go give us a little uh a little breakdown on what you're hearing from the fan side of things uh here in arizona what, have you heard anything about how the fans are enjoying these uh these playoffs i, I know how yeah has taken off and i know a lot of people are excited uh, that they are in fact back in the playoffs and, and making moves so Uh, just give us a little perspective if you have any on that.
5: I mean, I think people are excited, right? I think it's a, it's different for everybody, but again, like the coyotes were into that qualifying round and okay. You know, they broke the streak, you know, made the playoffs for the first time in eight years, yada, yada. But that qualifying round, I think really didn't, it didn't feel like the playoffs in terms of, you know, oh it's not a seven game series. It's, you know, you're playing kind of a weird schedule you're playing in one building and I get it. Like, But now you are in the playoffs, right? Like, you're in the dance. There's 16 teams left. You're playing a a seven-game series. And, you know, I I think people are excited that they're going to get an opportunity, right? And losing, it's like they say when you have, um, like, any regular series. it's You're not in trouble until you lose at home, right? And obviously there's no home ice advantage at this point but there is home designation. The Coyotes haven't lost as the home designated team yet. So they're not in trouble. So I don't think anybody's too worried from a fan perspective. Now, you know, if they lose, they lose tomorrow. I had a lot of questions, right? A team that hasn't possessed the puck really well at all. This series has really been goaltender reliant. Um, It's just, it's just one of those teams that, yeah, I think people are excited, but, after tomorrow, I think we're gonna get a real sense of where the coyotes are at, right? Like if and again, obviously it's just beyond, okay, is the series 3-1 or 2-2? It's okay, is the series 2-2 because the coyotes figure it out. They're possessing the puck better, they're defending better, they're, you know, getting a lot more chances than going into the zone, taking one shot, and leaving to defend. Like, tomorrow's really gonna to show, is this team, did this team figure out what they need to do, or are they just playing on puck luck and, and hope, you know, capitalizing on their chances, like the Coyotes' shooting percentage, they score three goals on 25 shots. Like that's not something that happens too often in the national hockey league anymore. And like, that's, you know, that's basic, that, you know, that kind of shows your shooting percentage just kind of shows, I think partly on how lucky you are, how lucky you are, but also, you know, are you finishing your chances? Right. And the coyotes are finishing their chances and the avalanche are not. And that was the stories. That was the story of the national series. But the thing for the Coyotes is how much longer can you play with, you know, how many more games are you going to play that Colorado doesn't finish their chances? I don't think it's going to be very many more. Right. You know, if they get away with it, tom- if they get away with it tomorrow, I it might be the last time they get away with it for the rest of the series. So um, I think the fans are excited, but I think a lot of fans kind of see, okay, you know, you got one, maybe one that you got the one that you thought you were going to win the day before, but you stole the next one but there's a lot of glaring problems. And I think a lot of fans are kind of seeing that, okay, they got to, they got to improve their play or it's going to be really troubling.
0: Well, I can tell you one thing, the Kachina jerseys are a hit and they're very successful in the Kachina jerseys so far, whether it's a uh, Kachina Saturday or not. So Seth Asgason, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving your insight. Uh, we'll be back to Coyotes hockey tomorrow to see how they can do and, uh, in a series where it's 2-1 Colorado. We're going to take another quick break. We'll come back, and it's Stephen's turn.
3: At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the Spirit Ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila,
4: smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs.
3: Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes.
0: All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona, which, by the way, folks, it has gone dark. The power has gone out. We are in the middle of a dust storm, and uh, I am sitting in the dark as we speak. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York, and uh, Stephen Marsh still with us in Las Vegas, Nevada, as we're going to break down the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So, so guys, if I stumble even more than I normal do, uh, it's because I'm sitting in the dark right now and only have the light of my cell phones to, uh, to guide me. Uh, Stephen, uh, we watched the game right as the uh, show started tonight. It ended 3-1. The Golden Knights uh, were fantastic, I thought, considering that they pumped up. Uh, about 50 shots or more on on uh, Corey Crawford, it seemed like. And uh, Corey did his best imitation of Darcy Kemper and turned them all away. Yes, and I, I just saw, I don't know if, if, if it didn't show up on our, because I'm watching the local broadcast here, but on
2: NBC uh, Chicago or NBC Sports Network, they showed the three stars. And I guess the three stars were Corey Crawford, Corey Crawford, and Corey Crawford which sounds about right about this game because Corey Crawford really stood in his head. And and, and the Mike McKenna, former goaltender, and uh, he's the analyst on the post-game shows here on AT&T Sportsnet, the Golden Knights uh, channel, um, he said that this was the best game he's ever seen Corey Crawford play. And, and that's a lot because Corey Crawford, obviously, is Stanley Cup champion, is playing in a lot of big games, and he's uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's been his best game. And they needed something like this because the Blackhawks really probably felt like they deserved a better fate. We talked about the Coyotes situation a little while, a few minutes ago. Uh, the Coyotes probably felt, or the um, the uh, Blackhawks felt like, in the second game for sure, they deserved a, a better fate. And um, but Flory was was really good. It's the same same in this game. It was very, 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 um, very powerful game. But the Shea Theodore gets a goal. Um, that third line uh, is doing really well uh, now. For Shea Theodore in six playoff games, he's got four goals he's got two assists uh he's a plus six so he's uh i talked about him being really probably a career season and when we talked about the playoff starting uh, i was really looking to theodore to be one of those players like it's going to be a key factor and it certainly has been the case uh so far in this uh in this postseason so um you know no no stasny again no uh no no sick again so you had to uh, get patrick brown in there for the uh Golden Knights, and he had a goal in the last game, which was nice to see his first playoff goal. And, you know, that goes back to what you were saying or what you've told me and what we've talked about before with the Golden Knights. One thing that makes them a really true, probably the best uh, team to probably have a best chance of winning the cup is the depth of them. You can put anybody there in the lineup and you have confidence that they're going to produce. We saw that, you know, this seems like an attorney to go, but during the regular season way back in, seems like last year, which it almost was, um, they they would have to bring somebody into the lineup, bring somebody up from American hockey league or put somebody in the lineup. And it seemed like that the first game they would get into the lineup. They would score a goal or get get on the score sheet. So we're seeing that as, as opportunities arise from some of these other players that are not on the, on the roster uh, regularly in the playoffs, but there are the, the sandbys or scratches or whatever you want to say, if they get into the lineup, if somebody gets hurt and they have to put somebody else in, they, they make an impact. And Brown did that yesterday. got the uh, game winner yesterday. And, um, But I'm not too worried about the uh, Golden Knights. They're up 3-0. If Crawford continues to play like that, it it certainly gives you some concern. I don't think the Golden Knights could have done much better than than they did tonight. If they can just replicate that, I'm sure they're going to get past uh, Rick Crawford. I didn't feel like this was going to be a sweep anyway. I said the Golden Knights would probably get it in five games. I figured the Blackhawks would probably win one of these games, and I figured it would be either three or four because they're the home team. In those games, I thought the Golden Knights would win it in five, or I said five games. But if it goes six, I wouldn't be surprised either. So, uh, But I'm not too concerned. I, I think Chicago obviously needed this game. They needed a strong performance by Crawford. The only blemish on Leonard is that he gave up that second goal, which maybe is one that he would want back. But you can't fault him for that. Yesterday, and Fleury was great. And, you know, we were talking about Kemper. And how you know can, is there an opportunity for Ron to get in? Well, they don't have that benefit. Camper's the guy there. The Golden Knights they have the option of using either goaltender, and they plan on using both. Now the question will be, will they go back to will they go back to Leonard or will they give Flurry another chance in game game five? That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, either but either goalie in there, and, and, and your chances to win are pretty high.
0: Okay, let me give you my two cents worth on what I've seen. I thought today was. Uh... A Little bit of fatigue. Uh, it was less than 24 hours from the uh, start time yesterday till today, about 22 hours, 21 hours, something like that. I thought 49 I shots, though. Fatig- 40, 49 shots, yeah. Though. I mean, okay, but but here's what I saw differently, Stephen. I know they got that's the shots. probably what made them tired is the 49 shots, not the fact yeah. back- they were playing back <laughs> to back well yeah. maybe but but i don't think it was as much fatigue like they didn't have the, the physical strength i think it was mental fatigue i think robin leonard trying to, to bounce one to the corner off his head if that's in fact what he was trying to do i think some of the plays that they normally would make and and i talk about the passing uh the golden knights are known for pinpoint perfection passing if you can say that a uh, hundred times quickly um And and tonight they just weren't clicking like normal. And the the third thing that I noticed and and probably the one that stood out the most was they've gotten um, some sort of scouting report that the way to beat Corey Crawford is his glove. Well, you can go to the glove side so many times and he's figuring it out that that's where they're going. So he's starting to cheat and get the glove over there before the shot comes. And plus Now you don't have as much room to shoot at. I think they need to start moving the puck and maybe trying to go low at least a few times so that he gets out of rhythm. And that that happened late yesterday, and it happened all game today where they just would not quit shooting to the glove side. Scouting reports are great, but if the goaltender figures it out and
1: knows what you're trying to do, he's one step ahead of you. That's my estimation. Paul, what do you think? Uh, Well, first of all, let's also not forget that you're going to lose eventually. You're 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 not, you're not really. Winning. Do
0: we have? To, do you have to go break me down like that? I'm sitting well, in the dark in a hundred seventeen yeah, well, degrees and a well, dust listen. storm. and now you tell me that we have to lose a game too. When, what was this we?
1: <laughs> you yeah. Is, who is this
0: we stuff? I cover that team on a daily basis, my friend, so I'm a we. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a fan, Uh, too. Have you not seen uh, my hashtags? Arizona Coyotes fans, Vegas Golden Knights fans. I am a fan also. uh,
1: Anyway. I think uh, think
0: losing a game isn't the worst
2: thing in the world, too. I think that's what you're trying to say, uh, Paul. I think maybe it it, it wakes you up. It's not. This is is not going to be as easy as we think it's going to be. We're going to have some trials we're going to go through. And you're not going to win every you weren't night. You two are a...
1: ganging up on me. You two are ganging Yeah, well, up that's okay. <laughs> you aren't going to go in there and win 19 straight games. It's just yeah. not going to happen. I mean, that's and honestly, I'm not sure. You know, you sweep a series at this point, and you're going to go at least a week before you play again? Okay. I, I think that's a way when you can't leave a building or you can't leave an area, you're going to lose focus. Uh, You know, Stephen is is probably right, you know, that a loss here and there helps keep you focused because you get a little bit of that anger back and a little bit of that, uh, you know, maybe we we just can't throw the gloves and the sticks out on the ice and win just because we're in the jersey. So uh, it it helps the coaches get their attention. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Of course, I. do. Oh, oh, but... wait, 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 wait a second. Well, I just you just complained that I threw you under the bus, and now you're agreeing with me. <laughs> Stephen, uh, uh, I like, this, right, Stephen. Uh,
2: by the way, I like uh, Seth's I, uh, did... comment here on the chat. He says, "You tell him, Paul." I, yes, I. I... <laughs>
1: oh,
0: jeez. <laughs> so, uh... Jeez, if Bondurand was here now, I'd have more going at me because he's a he's a Colorado guy. So come on. Well, I'm okay,
2: just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting so, for the nightly Minnesota connection that you always seem to throw in there. Oh, any, any Minnesota connections I, we're getting to
0: tonight? Yeah. Well, Paul, is there a captain from the Islanders from Edina by the chance? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, just checking. I saw him well, make a great play today. Did. Call for a pass and a great deflection. All right, well, I got my Minnesota the pass?
1: How about the
0: pass? The pass is good, but...
1: Okay, well, I just want to make sure, you know... But if the the captain doesn't call
0: for it... You know, you never know. You never by the know
2: way, that way. I, think the, <laughs> I think the by the way, I think the Minnesota Wild are, are sitting at home right now too. I think so. <laughs> oh, did they leave the bubble yet,
0: Stephen? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to Golden Knights. What they have to do to get it back on track, if that's what we call it. They dominated today. Back on today. track. Uh, so how, how do they get another W, uh, Stephen? Give us uh, give us what they have to do on Wednesday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday to get the. Uh, the clinching uh, victory.
2: I really don't think they have to do a whole lot different. I think if they just they just stick to their their game plan. I think now they're going to have. I'm sure tomorrow will be a day off. Uh, I'm sure they'll the uh, the the so called fun committee will come up with something for them to do during the off day, and uh, they can re- reju- rejuvenate their batteries or recharge their batteries. I guess was what I was looking for, and. And I think if they can just uh, play the same, um, same way, they, if they obviously beat Crawford and, and certainly your suggestion there, maybe go lower a little bit more and, you know, they'll look at the tape and say, you know, how can we, we beat them? But um, they've already beaten them three times. They know that they can. Um, I, you know, I mean, there's not much they can really do different. I think I think they're going to be ready. And uh, I think now that they've had a taste of what a loss is like, um, then, you know, I think they realize that, they can do well. Uh, Leonard said it tonight uh, in the post game press conference. Just reading the comments from social media, he said that uh, this was the best game that they have played. So saying that, and that you lose, then that's a good sign because you know they weren't playing maybe their best at times, and they still won. You now you're playing your best and you lose. I think if you continue to play that way, you're going to win. So there's not, I'm not too concerned with them. I think they just stick to stick to the game plan. They know what they need to do, and I think they can get it done on Tuesday.
0: Okay, so let's jump to uh, the series that's 2-2 with uh, Calgary and Dallas. And Stephen's been sending me text messages all four games telling me, oh, man, I shouldn't have picked Dallas. They're done. They can't get it done. <laughs> Dallas is losing it. I don't know what we're going to do. Dallas is no good. Now they're tied 2-2. They had to win this one in overtime, which uh, made it a little closer than I'm sure they expected. But, uh, Paul, they lost. Uh, Calgary lost Matthew Kachuk.
1: No
2: ben, ben Bishop either for Dallas today. He was unfit to play, so they went with Kudobin.
1: Uh, listen, good, good yeah, point. Matthew, Matthew Kachuk is their dude. I mean, he is the he is the main man on that team. Uh, he's the engine that makes them go. As we break out the cliches, uh, he's the emotional leader. Uh, he's the physical leader in terms of the way he plays on the ice, uh, and you know you probably they can probably win a game or two without him but i you're not i can't see them going very far even if they manage to get past dallas if he's out long term yeah good point um and it's been, yeah. this is another series that's been weird oh it, it, man another, yeah it has but, it, you know it, dallas you in you know games 5 to 4 you know
0: what I said, Paul, in the beginning, though? I said in the Western Conference, I think Vegas was the better team uh, against Chicago, and I thought Colorado was the better team against Arizona, all, though I thought Arizona had a shot and still does to uh, to pull a, an upset if, if they get everything falls their way. But those other two series, uh, Calgary, Dallas, St. Louis, Vancouver, I think those two were going to beat each other up, and I'm, I'm shocked that St. Louis, like Seth said, is not – they they just look disinterested is is the right word they just don't look like it I don't know I don't know what the right word is the professional athletes they should step up so I doubt that's what it is but they just look disinterested is probably the best word uh, Vancouver and St Louis Stephen let's go to you on that one uh, your thoughts on that uh, that series so far
2: well that that's a series uh, that's really uh, been interesting too yeah I, you know I don't know the blues yeah the blues don't seem like they're they're really in, enjoying themselves uh too much uh, in, in are they disinterested <laughs> well I mean I guess game two is a little bit was a little bit better for them, but I, I just I, I don't know I mean it is a close series of Vancouver's uh, is a good team I mean they've got uh you know they've got markstrom who's who's pretty good in it uh, but I look at Bennington now he's 0 and four. He's four point two seven goals against average, and then Jake Allen, who they uh he got the and played in the one of the round robin games 1 um so you know this was a team that had such a, gr- a great run last year and the win the Stanley Cup. Then they had such a great uh, regular season was the the, the top C going into the round robins and obviously lost the round robin games to to get the uh the four spot and and I was feeling kind of the same way about Boston, but Boston is now kind of Turned up a gear and they they wake woke up and realized we need to you know what are we doing and we're playing but St Louis just hasn't really seemed to do that they showed some fight in the last game but um, I just don't know I mean I picked St Louis but I, I just this is unlike the Dallas one which I was still starting to I I feel a little bit more confidence in Dallas again but St Louis I just don't see my, well, game three is going to be very critical obviously and uh, now Vancouver is the home team in that so if if St Louis doesn't get the win in game three they could get swept and i if, I, if i'm a, they might get swept but you know they're still the defending champs so i mean until somebody knocks them off they're the defending champs but from what i've seen so far i think vancouver probably end up taking the series but we'll see
1: you know what scott you know what steven uh the game of hockey has changed over the years and you know it's where it's become much more of a speed game, and and I'm not saying anything new. But as you watch this series, Vancouver is clearly, clearly the faster team, and they're leaving St. Louis uh, a lot of times in the dust with their play. And and St. Louis hasn't figured it out yet, even with home ice changes, because I don't want to say advantage in the first two games. Uh, they, you know, uh, Vancouver is, has shown that they are clearly the faster team, and St. Louis, uh, they're much more of a physical grinding team, and they haven't been able to keep up with Vancouver yet. They just haven't.
0: Okay, so I want to ask you both this, and uh, we got about what nine minutes left or so, but I. Uh, are we going to see bubble fatigue at some point in time uh, in your estimations? Uh, you know, they're they're in Edmonton, they're in Toronto. The more they win, the longer they stay. Is there going to be a point at some point where we start seeing bubble fatigue and the, the mental part of it uh,
1: just starts to, to disappear for some teams? Paul, let's start with you. Uh, see, I, I kind of think the opposite because the longer you hang around, that means the closer you are to the Stanley Cup. And I think if you were going to see teams lose focus, it'll be in this round or the next round. But you get to the conference finals and you get, to the, obviously, to the finals, I think whatever, quote-unquote, bubble fatigue might exist will be gone. You know, the qualifying round is a little early. Uh, this round, I could see teams fighting through it. Maybe the next round, sort of. Maybe for a game or two in that in that second round, but you get to the conference final and you're four wins away from having a shot to play for the Stanley Cup. I would be stunned if you saw "quote unquote" bubble fatigue. You might, like I said, you might see it now, and you might see it some in the next round, but you won't see it in those last two rounds. Yeah, good good point, Paul. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts on? Uh... Bubble fatigue, are we going to see it,
0: or is it uh, it just strictly a matter of, you know what, professional athletes, we've got to get through it?
2: Well, I will add uh, two points that may be worth considering. Uh, When we get to the conference finals, I believe families are going to be allowed in the bubble, I believe, as they're working on that. So they might have a sense of energy if they can have some of their family members join them. Also, the East team's... Will move to Edmonton, so they'll actually change a venue because um, after the, the conference finals for both the Eastern and the Western teams, as well as the Stanley Cup final, are all going to be in Edmonton. So you'll have the the Eastern teams that the two Eastern teams that are still surviving. They'll actually travel from Toronto to Edmonton, so they'll for them it'll be a change of venue, a change of setup for them um, in that in that secure zone there. For the West teams, of course, it's Edmonton the whole way. So um, so I'm not sure if that gives an advantage to maybe the Eastern teams, getting to be able to change a, change a venue and change – it's still going to be the bubble environment, but going from, say, Toronto to now going to Edmonton to play. Um, so I don't know if that gives an advantage to the East teams or not, or if it gives an advantage to the West teams because they'll already be in Edmonton. They'll be familiar with the building and playing on that surface. And the other thing too is, if families are, they're going to be able to start allowing some of the family members to join them, so there'll be less teams involved now. So there'll only be four teams, so there'll be more space inside the, the zone for family members to, to stay with them and maybe go to the games and stuff, and and uh, so that might give the players a sense of new energy of saying, hey, if we can make it this long, then maybe we'll get to have some 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 family members, uh, some spouses, some family members come and join us uh, to watch us play. So that might—that's
1: an excellent point, Stephen. That's an excellent,
0: excellent point. I was going to say that same thing. You guys both brought brought great points to that discussion. Uh, I want to quickly jump into the the home ice advantage, and we know there's no home ice advantage for fans, but uh, particularly in the Arizona thing, what I saw is is two things: Uh, they're wearing that that. Kachina jersey, which psychologically may be an advantage for the Coyotes. They haven't lost in it, so obviously it means something to them. And Second of all, being able to line match. Have you guys noticed that uh, as, as the play has gone on now that the line matching by being the home team has been beneficial? Paul?
1: Well, I think that's always beneficial, and for certain teams, there's no question uh, that that works better. I mean, it, in the Islanders case, for example, when Alexander Ovechkin is on the ice, they want their top D pair, uh, of Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick on the ice. As long as, uh, Alex Ovechkin is on the ice. Same thing with Columbus, whoever they designate, uh, as the guys to stop, they want Seth Jones and, and, and Wierenski out on the ice as much as possible against their top players. So it definitely makes a difference. Uh, you know, it, it, it's much less uh, – you see a lot fewer changes, if, if, if that makes any sense when you're the quote-unquote home team because you're not pulling guys off when you get severe mismatches to try and get your guys on there uh, to, to, to balance that out a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it, it definitely makes a difference there. You know, does it always play out on the ice that way? No. I mean, you you see uh, enough games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, even during a quote unquote normal year where the road team wins. So, and that's playing at a team's home ice. So, Stephen, your thoughts?
0: We know the Golden Knights like to start their fourth line and have every game, I believe, so far. But uh, is that an advantage? Because yeah, the, 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 the meet- Golden Knights lost tonight when they were the visiting team. The, yeah. The, what? The the, the meat the line? grinders line.
2: <laughs> the meat grinders line is what they call it. Yeah, the fourth line. Right. Uh, no. I, I. Yeah. You know. I don't know because as Paul did mention this too. I, you know, in a regular, in a regular, uh, in a regular playoff year, a lot of the road teams win can go on the road and win. I, I, so I mean, I guess home ice advantage. I mean, you work for it during the season, and obviously you'd like to to have that. You obviously be able to play. It. Uh, in your own building. Of course, this year it's a little bit different circumstance, but normally you would you would play for that. But, you know, you still got to play the game. You still got to play your best. And, and a lot of teams, I think, thrive on the road because there's not the pressure of being at home in front of your, your crowd. You're kind of the underdog and things like that. Um, this kind of circumstance, it's uh, a little bit interesting. I mean, because of I guess the only real advantage is you get the home locker – you get the bigger locker room, I guess, during, for the game, and you get the, the flash change. And uh, the one thing, you know, and I mentioned this on one of our – when we did the return to hockey thing, the gripe that I have that I wish they would just can try to make it as true a home environment as possible is the, uh, and that's such a minor thing, but is when the visiting team scores, the visit, the designated visiting team scores, they wouldn't play their normal goal song that they would at their home ice. Like, uh, like, let's say, like in the game Golden Ice played, even though Chicago was the road team, when they scored, they still played their goal horn and their goal song. I think, you know – I think it should be just the home team that gets that advantage uh, of doing that. You wouldn't have that in a normal circumstance. And I know this is a neutral side and they're trying to make it so it's interactive with fans and everything like that, that are watching at home and stuff. But I think if you would, well, normally in a normal circumstance, the home team would obviously just benefit from the goal song, the goal music and, and everything. But uh, noticing that they're doing that for both teams, no matter if they're home or away. And I, I think if they should, they should just do it just for the home team, kind of make it more of an an advantage, but it's, that's a minor thing I'm sure that doesn't make much of a difference but I guess the other thing too is there's you know there's no fans in the building so you're hearing it what all the players are saying too so uh, you know that's kind of been a different thing that we've we've heard some things about that and um, but I don't know if it's really an, an advantage or disadvantage I, I guess line change for Golden Knights it does help them a little bit but um, you know I think you just got to be your be your best and you know because as soon as the play happens you know it could happen ten seconds, and then you everybody's. It cha- could be changing again, changing the lines anyway. So I don't, I'm not too sure how much it
0: really matters. Okay, I get it. Okay, so uh, tomorrow we got the Arizona Coyotes going in the, uh game four against the uh, the Avalanche. Uh, Tuesday we'll have the game five for the uh, Golden Knights and uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And, and Blackoffs that's how this just... was announced. That time was just
2: announced. It's going to be at 7:30 Pacific time for that uh, game five for the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks. It was just announced for that. Oh, that'll be so a late night. So 10:30 all time. Yep, 10:30 nice. for, for Paul out there on Long Island and 7:30 because um, I know you get I know you get your times confused, Scott. 7:30. He does, so,
1: Stephen. He really does, He really does. So
2: just as soon, so just as soon as you two finish your uh, your college hockey show, you'll be able to turn that on and watch that game five on Tuesday.
0: You would love that. Yeah, we, we did that last week. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to let Paul take it away on the read, and then uh, we'll say goodnight to you until next Sunday night. Of course, we have uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our regular podcast, as usual, um, with some great guests coming on, by the way. So uh, tune into that. Paul, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with uh, De Niro from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers.
1: The Pandemic Playoff Podcasts on the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Brought to you by Belfort, presenting partner of the Sunday Special. It's still summertime, and hockey is back. Come to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and check out the remaining time of the summer truck and SUV sale. Get the bar stocked for your playoff run with Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and find your bottle. Buy summer skates. Show your playoff passion and style with koozies and shower shoes, personalized, or with your favorite player's name and number, go to summerskates.com. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Call them at 702-541-5546. Championship taste. For a championship run, go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. And buy M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. Trying to watch all the games? It's M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The Playoff Pandemic Podcast. And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app. The Playoff Pandemic podcast and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very
0: well done, my friend. As we uh, get ready to say good night, I will tell you that I have power. I just got power back, so the sweat that's running down my eyebrows and into my cheeks and eyes and everywhere else will end soon. Uh, a little dust storm going on here in Phoenix, folks, but uh, we'll get through it. We'll tough it out, and we will see you next week on Pandemic Podcast number two in the Pandemic Playoff Podcast. Number two, tomorrow night, it's uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tuesday, it's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. And Wednesday, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So for our uh, beat reporter, Seth Askelson, for Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Paul Hornstein out in Long Island, it's Scott Strandy saying good night, and we'll see you next week.